Hello, hello, hello. Hi there. We're the Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God. Welcome to our podcast channel. Today, we bring you a playback of Sunday's Charge Up. We hope that you listen with your spirit and are blessed. Can anybody tell me the title of Charge Up today? Anybody? Come on, guys. It's super simple. I say that to wake you up because I feel like everybody's just had a long week. Thank you. We have two people. Cool points for faith and TBO. This is going to be an interactive session as much as is possible. Most of the time when people say, how are you? What do we say? Feel free to just unmute. I'm fine. I'm fine. And what's another way to just ask, how are you? How far? How far? Anything else? What's up? How are you doing? God, Disha. So there are different ways we answer that question, but I want to believe that most of the time when somebody asks, how are you? Most hardly ever are we honest. And that's not because we're lying or we want to lie. Can somebody share why we're not honest? Anybody? The, the, the reasons are varied. Why we what? Why we don't really say how we are when someone says, how are you? Because they don't really care. Good. Because yeah. you don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. TBO says sometimes I just don't have time to go into it, to be honest. So sometimes lack of time to go into it. Sometimes because they don't care. Any other reason? Um, I think I don't think. No, 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 you can go. Sorry, sir. Okay. I love um, I think uh-huh. right. <laughs> We're always talking at the same time. Um, I think sometimes how it has become a kind of formality, like it's what you have to say before you start a conversation. Okay. Like, hey, how are you? Please can I it's just you're just saying it for saying sake, not that you mean it. So like what well, like they said actually they don't really care. Yes, they don't really care. It's just formality, you know, there's no sincere you don't trust that there's any sincerity behind it. So I want to ask a question. There's about 40 people, and this is not to put anybody on blast, I'm putting myself on blast. Uh, There's about 40, I would say, in fact, let me be conservative, 30 constants that show up at least twice a month to charge up. If they asked you, how are you? How would you feel? Be very honest, brutally even. Would it change? Would it be different? I don't get the question. Tenny Tenny said no. So if someone in the radical remnant community who is relatively constant asks you, how are you? Would it hold a different tone to someone who's just Joe Blue on the road? I'm very happy you said no. I thought so. I thought so. And for me, the fact that there's no disparity between the two is the problem with Christianity today. The woman who was by the well, who was just going about her business, didn't think that Jesus, if you've, again, I'm, I'm trying to not be too, like, in verse one, kiniko, kiniko, because I, I want to tell more of a story and be a bit more relatable so you will understand. But the cliff notes is this. There was a woman who was by the well. If I'm correct, somebody please, you know, 
feel if I'm wrong, please someone correct me. But as far as I remember, the woman was a what's the police PC way to say it now? A commercial sex worker. Bar. Is is that not what she was doing? That woman who was a commercial sex work, worker. Where was she? Where did Jesus find her? Is it the Samaritan woman, or is that a different? Mm -hmm. The woman who was, you know, we we in a very spiritual place, and I'm trying to find the right term for the word, but she was doing what people do. That are uh, yeah, and Jesus basically called her out. She was she had and he said you you have seven four husbands or something. Do you remember? Anybody? Uh -huh. Now, this woman, God, thank you, the woman at the well. So I said, thank you, Faith, because I was not having serious insecurity that, hey, babe, some people would not come back. Is this woman who studied Bible, Rara? But the gist of it is that this woman was by the well. And some have understood it to mean that she had multiple husbands because she had been divorced. Some have understood it to mean that she was basically hopping from bed to bed, right? But the general gist of it is that there was shame in her story. It wasn't something that she was going around saying, no, by the by. I remember this was back in the day. It's not today where something like that is just like on Hollywood or E, e Entertainment Tonight. Do you understand? So she didn't feel good about her story, but Jesus walked up to her and made her open up they talked about it and did she how did she leave when she was leaving jesus what words would you use to describe how you believe she felt after the conversation she felt liberated liberated relieved refreshed a class captain, whole, a class captain, please note these words for us. So I think what I want you to do today, please, is just listen to me and keep this in mind, right? And then I'll, by God's grace, I'll be smart enough to come back to it. The honest truth is, if I ask you today how you are, I can't quite say that I would know what your answer would be. For some of you that I Thank you, Amanda. She felt seen. I was actually low-key looking for that. Um, I, I don't know how many of you would sincerely answer how you are. So I suspect that your answer may be riddled with some emotional discomfort. For some of you, it may perhaps have some secret mental complexities here and there that you struggle with, things you struggle to understand, things you're struggling to acknowledge, maybe things you're even struggling to resolve. As a human being in today times, I think just being alive in and of itself is hard. And then being a Christian, following the path of Christ is quadruple times hard, right? And it's not as simple as going to church. You know, in, in some, some time ago, it was that straightforward. You know, when you watch those slave movies, they will, they will wear their Sunday best and, you know, go to church and they will preach and sweat and come back feeling like, yeah, I can take on the world. It's not that simple anymore. Because in many cases, if you go to physical church, once you even enter the parking lot, you're already angry with something. Your phone is buzzing with some reminder about something you were trying to forget. 
or just life reminds you about how you really are. One might say that we are in the end times, you know, the end times that they spoke of in Revelations, where they said many, many things will happen. There will be wars and rumors of war. Uh, there will be a lot of, uh, there will be chips in every human being and ways that they could somehow, you know, be like the NSA in the, in the States and come into everybody's phone and into everybody's laptop. And there will be nothing like real relationships anymore. And really and truly, if we want to be honest, we're seeing that unfold, right? But it's not about doom and gloom. The question about how are you is more about sincerity. And like Amanda said, about being seen, as Tenny said, about being refreshed, about being relieved, right? About being feeling whole. So it's possible that the purity of our hearts is just, isn't just reciprocated in the spaces we find ourselves, including this one. I will repeat that. It is possible that the purity of our hearts just isn't being reciprocated in spaces we find ourselves, including this one. If you know me, I'm not one to run away from tough conversations. Well, if I think I'm at fault, yeah, I may run away from it a little bit, especially if you ask my husband, probably agree with you. Because believe it or not, I'm not a feelings person. Yeah, I write love songs and I, I counsel and all that, but ask my kids, I just, I'm like, okay, so what is it? Eh, okay, eh, okay, then let the person say sorry to you, say sorry and be going. I'm quite stereotypically a guy in that regard. But what I'm saying is that the fact that even here, where most of you have the common denominator of being Christians in today times, don't trust that your how are you will be met by a sincere heart or that you would even answer it sincerely is the problem with Christianity today. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not really just supposed to be about edifying your spirit. That is a big part of it. You need to know the word. You need to go to church like you're doing now. Fasting, praying, all good. But the sole component of your being is usually left behind. And that is why you find yourself in cycles. So if you don't have a space to say, this is how I am, how far? And then you can, you know, spar with the person like I do with my kids sometimes. Believe it or not, they're my best friends. Well, I'm my sister. She'll hate it if she heard that. But sometimes by the time I go back and forth, I've, I've started solving the problem. Do you understand? Or at least, at least I feel like someone in the world gives a toss about me. It is possible that even though we have hundreds of contacts and thousands of followers, we haven't felt even more alone than we do now. And that saddens my heart. I was in a conversation with Ife, one of the members of the team, and I was saying to her that really and truly, you have to see yourself in the next person and say, what does that person need? And how can I be that for that person? Because that is what the radical remnant is. I didn't start this because I needed an audience. I started this because when I was your age, Aguiruku did this for us at Jesus' house. And by the way, it's how I met my husband. I always feel like I need to throw that in because some of you are just not opening your eyes, but that's a different conversation. But 
it is there that I found my voice, my actual voice. I've been singing and winning competitions at routine. That wasn't it. But my own voice, what makes my voice distinctive? It is there that I felt seen. And if that's not happening there, here, then we have a problem. It's possible that in feeling more alone, it's possible that you are maybe one of you or all of you finds yourself transitioning from one stage in your life to another. And every single part of your being is so aware that you find yourself afraid that you are running out of time. You feel like you're running out of time. This stage will soon be over. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. I'm running out of time. I'm supposed to have done this. Life is going. Life is happening. Before I know what's happening, I will be this. This would have happened. And I wouldn't have done anything. It's also possible that you've shown up wondering, what can God even say? What can God even do to solve at least one, if not all, of these particular things that Lamy has now mentioned. So basically in your mind, you're saying, okay, Lamy, cool, cool story, now what? So when I ask, how are you? I don't expect you to say fine. Matter of fact, if you say fine, I'll be like, this one has started lying to me, no, yeah, well. Because to be honest, the world we live in is hardly fine and we live in the world. So how many of us are not fine? I mean, I don't mean pretty because I'm obviously pretty, but I mean fine as in doing okay. How many of us are not doing okay? Okay, so there's three of us. There's four of us. Okay. Now, not being fine doesn't mean you don't have people who claim to love you. Not being fine doesn't mean you are ungrateful or that you are unhappy. It doesn't mean you are bad or that you're a bad Christian or that you don't even trust God. It just sometimes is what it is. Something is not sitting right. There's stuff on your mind. A part of you feels uneasy. A part of you feels heavy. A part of you may feel like you're in a cycle or in a rut. A part of you may feel restless. A part of you may feel unseen. And many of us wake up every morning choosing the light, you know. You went to bed crappy, you wake up and you're like, today is another day, we're going to do this, you know. You speak life into yourself, you embrace the choice to try. But what happens if we are trying wrongly? What happens if we are trying wrongly? And so we start to wear out the wires of our mind. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Let's assume that, hmm, you know, I really should try and be doing analogies a bit better, but Lamy doesn't have a hairband. I really did. Okay, here we are. So let's assume that this is your mind, right? Can everyone see that? And every single time you wake up, you, you stretch it just a little bit. You know, when you try wrongly, you stretch it, you stretch it just a little bit. Okay. And you keep stretching it and you keep stretching it without restoring it. What's going to happen? Yeah. Is that it's going to start getting worn off at the edges. Like mine is beginning to. 
And one day there'll be a part that just cuts boom, without you knowing. I keep saying that every single one of us is made of body, spirit, and soul. If you don't know that you are supposed to take care of your body, there's not that much I can do for you. This is 2023. The information is everywhere. Spirits, spiritual edification is almost everywhere. Podcasts, charge up, church service, Maverick City, elevation worship. There's edification almost everywhere for one who is looking for it. Most importantly, in the Bible. Well, where does the soul feel seen? Where does the soul feel heard? Where is the soul nurtured? I want to illustrate something very quickly to us. This is a very Olivia Pope looking wine glass. For those of you who haven't watched Scandal, I'm sorry, you're going to lose the reference, right? And this is water. When I pour it in there, you can see right through it, okay? Okay? And please, as I sip, know that it's actually water, not gin or something. It's not that kind of, it's not that kind of channel. The reason I'm using that illustration is that for many of us, this is how we're supposed to be. When we read the part in the Bible that says you cannot pour new wine into old wineskin. We imagine it, or we, we, it's, diff, it's very difficult to visualize. If I was to bring my coffee mug from this morning and pour the water inside, and by the way, it was a vanilla latte, so you know it's all frothy. And I pour the water inside, how would it look? Anyone? Opaque. Pink, yucky, it'll smell kind of all. I said opaque. Okay. Oh, that's even the cute it'll look yucky essentially right it won't look as clear as this does right same thing if i poured that opaque as Lyode said funk into this it would not be drinkable are you with me is everyone with me now a lot of times what we do is we do not cleanse our minds before we start to become, before we start healing, before we start the process of transformation. We still bring all the junk. So for example, my vanilla latte, we leave bits of it in the corners. Do you understand? And then we try and fill ourselves up. Why the mind then gets tired is that it's left with the job of sieving the water and removing, in this case, the vanilla latte. Do you understand what I'm saying? So every single day, you mix all kinds of things into your mind. And most from, in most cases, the, the mind is not as clear as the glass. So everything is murky and your mind feels worn out. In many situations, many people say that they are depressed. Let me tell you, as a therapist, many people are simply tired. They are tired. Their minds are tired, not physically, from this sieving process of what do I need and which part is going to nurture me. And for many of us, if we check the ratio, the part that is going to nurture you is very minimal. 
what you do in your day to nurture, to edify your mind is minimal compared to the stuff that comes at you when you're scrolling, the stuff that comes at you. You know, when you just scroll past that particular handle that is doing more than you, looks better than you, makeup all done, guy that has already finished his master's, is you know, just got admission to Harvard, looks like everything is okay. You know, people who just, you know, they're just people who just look like life is so good and so figured out and they're not dealing with your regular basic problems, right? You feel so basic just looking at them. You now shut down. And by the way, there's like a billion thoughts that have just happened in that one post that you've just seen. And how you are now going to see it in your mind is a different thing altogether. For some people, it's their family life, what they're exposed to on a daily basis, what parents say, how with the pressure that parents put on their children and, and, the, and the feeling of being suffocated in a way that you can't really say what's in your heart. So that person feels stifled and theirs is now a bottleneck. So in a sense, the murky water is in there, it's looking for a wave to come out, but there's no way. So it starts to overpour and that starts to look like anxiety. That starts, starts to look like frustration. That starts to look like withdrawing from people or just even quitting and say, you know what? I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to socialize. I just want to stay at home. So when we say new wine, new wine skin, the common sense thing to do is when one gets new wine skin and when one has new wine is to make sure that that new wine skin is actually clean. I don't know if like me and you, you, you may have bought something before and you, you're just like, let me just make sure it's clean. Shah. So it's not as if as I'm about to enter this thing, there's problem. The analogy is that when you became new as a Christian, you became new, your spirit became new, but your mind, is being transformed every day. For example, with this confirmation that, th that we're having, this whole conversation should be confirmation to you. Are you still following me? I'm about to round up. So if there's new wine and there's new wine skin, and we know we need to cleanse, then it should follow that when you have a new mind, you have a new mindset which will be needing transformation. I'll back it up again. New wine, new wine skin, meaning you need to cleanse, right? Make sure that it's clean enough for God to pour his holiness into so that when you are giving your offering, it's not murky, it's not yucky, it's not opaque. It can serve the purpose for which it was given to you. Many of us, when we challenge God, including me, will say the, the part in, to, in the Bible where God says, your gifts will make room for you and bring you before kings. I'm fighting My fight with God in the last three weeks has been epic. I have been so keen for God. We've been on a very kind of, hey, hi, hello basis. Because I'm like, God, there's some things you say you're going to do. I don't know what else you want me to do. I've done everything. What else is you? We are fighting. And it's okay because it's my father. We have that kind of relationship. Don't be afraid. But somewhere in the middle of all that, that part where he says, your gift will make room for you and bring you before kings. What's the gift that you want to bring before kings? You see, God has put the gift in you. 
in you, which wine skin is it in right now? Is it in the murky one or the cleansed one? Because when you go out and you represent God, or and as your parents will remind you, represent them, what are you representing? What are you giving? And when you go, when you say you have a new mind, you are supposed to have a new mindset. And for you to have a new mindset, a new way that you are thinking, you need to continue the journey of transformation. Lastly, if you say you have a new life, that follows that you have new living and you are making new choices. I've explained to you the whole analogy of the clean water, dirty cup, and I, and I hope somehow it stayed with at least one person. But I said that our minds might be tired because we spend so much time sieving the dirt. Our strength might be worn because we are alone and, and hardly have real, real fellowship. Our hearts may face a struggle because the Holy Spirit is the lowest voice. So I want you to be aware that life comes in seasons. The sun isn't always out all the time, but God is. What are you doing during the night season is the question. How are you getting ready? How are you cleansing your mind? How are you improving on the process that you have to engage in in the morning when the sun is out? What are the choices that you are making or what are the excuses that you are giving? I'm rounding up with Ephesians 4.22. If anyone can find it, please read it. Ephesians 4.22. Do you have a particular version you want? Or... You can do New King James version. Okay. Um, Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning your former conducts, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful loss. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm that... Should I read verse 23? I think so. I okay. Think so. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Good. The summary of all that is, put off your old self and embrace your new self, which is made as likeness unto who? God. Bottom line, God wants you to be like him. It's just like anybody's father here, right? There are many things that fathers say. They say, ah, it's any good thing anyway. They say, oh, it's me that you're like, right? How many times do we get that? Something happens and then your father immediately claims that that part is for him. Your father wants you to be like him. This is the time where we're supposed to study Christ and start to ask him how we can transform. But I say that because many of us will say how. Because some things are naturally in your spiritual DNA, just the same way some things are just naturally like your mom or your dad right? It's just natural. So some things are just naturally your spiritual DNA, such as being nice. I would like to believe everyone here is easily nice. It's easy for you to be nice, right? Uh -huh. That one is just in your spiritual DNA. But for some people to read the Bible is like, yo, 
let me uh let me be real with you i will listen to a podcast that is not longer than 15 minutes and i will try to listen but i can't promise you that i will do all 15 minutes but i promise i will listen but when you're trying to get me to read the bible do genesis exodus go all the way to matthew mark they get me lost with all that i'll just read the, i'll just listen to the podcast many people are there that's the part that's not in the spiritual dna that's the point that now needs what transformation do you understand what i'm trying to say so when we say that some things are in your spiritual dna your conscience for example right your integrity once you give your word for, for many of you, you stick by it. That's just in your spiritual DNA. But others need alignment in your behavioral DNA, your mindset, your ability to, to give people mercy, to not judge people, to be honest about where you are instead of packaging. All those ones need transformation. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God is reminding Jeremiah that his plans for him are towards a future and a hope. Problem is once you lose hope, you now go back to the world that can't serve you anymore. Do you understand? But when you lose hope, you're supposed to go towards God. You're supposed to go towards each other. and say, this is where I am. My question then becomes, why are we ashamed to have these conversations? Why do we resist having these conversations? Is it good enough that we show up on Sundays and Lamy talks and maybe she makes sense for five minutes out of the 20 minutes she talks and then we say good stuff, any comments, any burn, and then people go away with the same heaviness that they showed up with. I don't think so. I don't think so. So wherever you are, I want to say something to you. When God called Jeremiah, Jeremiah was young and he gave excuses and his excuses were legit. He's like, God, I am young. I don't know how to do this thing. I'm still figuring life out. You know, I'm paraphrasing here and there, but, but bottom line was Jeremiah was saying, no, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. So why me? But then God said, I knew you before you existed. I called you by your name. So I want you to know that God is very aware of your potential. He's very aware even of your fear. He's very aware of your mistakes. But he still calls you and he still knows you. You might be so aware of everything else, but he is aware of you. So while you are taking stock of the negative, God is simply taking stock of you. He doesn't see the negative because no father looks at his child and sees the negative of himself there. And God is perfect. So when he sees you, he sees perfection. God knows your potential. He knows your potential and he knows the plan he has for you. And he knows the purpose that he has for you. So I want to ask as much as you can, don't imitate God. Don't act, but become him. Do you understand? In, a, in an organic, true way. 
The problem with Christianity is many of us go to church, we see them clapping a certain way, talking some type of righteous way, like, you know, uh, can you just bring the ushers come to the front and could you just hand over the envelopes? Can everybody just bow their heads in prayer? And then we all start talking like that. You know, God isn't looking for that. God is like, I knew you before you were born. I called you by your name. You were created in my image. You don't have to act like me. You are already like me. Do you get what I'm trying to say? There is already me inside you that I need you to manifest. Let me tell you, my toddler loves imitating myself or my husband. She does an amazing job at it. Larry can share it in the group if she wants to. And she, you know, she was saying to my husband the other day and imitating him, why jeba with phonetics? Why jeba? Why jeba? I will tell your mommy. I will tell your mommy. And I was laughing. And, and my sister said, oh, isn't it nice that, you know, she can imitate you? And I said, actually, I don't want her to be like me. I want her to become her. Let her become her. Her own blend of who she is, her special blend of who she is. Let her be her. So become. If, if, if someone says, how are you? Say, I'm becoming. I'm on my way. It's not all done. Some things are messed up right now. I don't know what this means or what that looks like, but I'm becoming. We are all an expression of God. So it's already in us. So what I'm saying is don't front, become. Don't package, become. Don't pretend, become. Don't be self-righteous or copycats or copy one person's way of doing Christianity, become. Don't pretend to be nice. Be, don't pretend to be nice, be nice. Don't act holy, be holy. Do you understand? Don't act worship. Worship in spirit and in truth. Don't act like you need him. Just need him. And maybe when all of us start becoming, there'll be more sincerity in this space such that you can really answer, how are you? And you can say, not too good. There's something on my mind. Do you have a minute to listen? Or something that sounds like that. So, it's time for you to do your own audit. Figure out where you are and listen to him. Read the word. Be original with your conversations with God. Have very sincere dialogue with your creator. Because we're about to go further and deeper into self, into you. Because you, 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 all the yous that are here, you are the solution to someone else's problem. You are the solutions also for each other's problems. And it doesn't make any sense that you're carrying the weight alone. People should come together just the same way they did when Jesus Christ was being carried, you know. Come together and help. Come together and solve. Come together and create. Some people have real financial needs and they don't know where to go. 
And it's possible that if everybody in this place gave maybe 30 pounds or 30 dollars, it will solve everything they're having sleepless nights about. But we don't know about them. Makes no sense. So this is me. My name is Lami and I just want to say I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for the most sincere, most honest, the least packaged version of yourself because that's what I give every Sunday when I come. I look forward to discovering with you, to figuring out with you. I'm praying that just the same way Jesus made the woman at the well, made, she made her feel seen, that you feel seen. I'm praying that just by being here, you feel like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. There's one woman who lives in England, she's crazier than I am. So I'm looking at the faces of those who've enabled their videos to try and get some indication of, of how they are doing or what they're thinking. But that's really it for me today. I wanted you guys to start answering those questions a little bit more honestly. And even when nobody asks you, find spaces that you can talk. It's the whole point why Jesus Christ came. All right, that's it for me. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed by that. For more wholesome, edifying content, and to learn more about us, please head over to our Instagram page at The Radical Remnant. Also, join us live for Charge Up on Sunday. We've reserved a spot just for you. All the details can be found on our Instagram. Once again, we're The Radical Remnant. Everyone, anyone, one God.